the VO Meter, measuring your voiceover progress. Whether you're a veteran voice actor, just starting out, or don't even know how to set a level, we're here to help you avoid the pitfalls along your voiceover path to success. The VO Meter is brought to you by Voice Actor Websites, Studio Bricks, Global Voice Acting Academy, JMC Demos, and Sennheiser. The VO Meter is produced in part using Source Connect, made by source-elements.com. And now, your hosts, Paul Stefano and Sean Daly. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Episode 70 of the VO Meter. Measuring your voiceover progress. So we are here with Dan Zitt and Julie Wilson from Ahab Talent, which is an audiobook producer slash online casting site. And um, we're, they're very passionate about what they about the site itself, and we're very excited to talk to them. But before that, it's time for our VO Meter reference levels. VoiceOver Extra brings you the VO Meter reference levels. Uh, seriously, guys, that's the best you could come up with? Hey, it's your show. All right, so Sean, what's been going on in your VO world since last we talked? Let's see, a whole lot of auditioning, some of my regular e-learning projects, and a lot of teaching. <laughs> I was just telling you before we started, like, I just scheduled like 16 workouts for GVA this month. It's nuts. We used to have like five or 10 a month at most, and but growth is growth. <laughs> so really happy about that. How many of those are coach versus peer-led? Coach versus peer. This one is um, is about ten coach led workouts versus the six peer led workouts, like that three that I'm doing and three that David Toback is doing. So just just to quickly explain the difference between those two. Thanks for the the segue, Paul. So the coach led workouts are led by our great coaches like David Rosenthal, Joyce Castellanos, Stephen Reisberg, Brian Summer, Carol Monda, and the and the rest. Um, and then, like I said, the peer led workouts are led by peers like myself and David Toback. We don't really consider ourselves as coaches, but we've had the unfair advantage of working with some amazing coaches for the last several years. And as you can imagine, moderating eight workouts a month, um, you learn some things So, or over several years. So I'm quickly racking up my 10,000 er hours in that area. But other than that, let's see. Yeah, no no exciting new projects, just, just the same old uh, as last month, I think. I'm in a similar boat. I'm working on Lots of ongoing projects, and I'm still getting new projects every couple of weeks. Primarily what I'm still doing is recording other people. As I mentioned, I work for Twin Flame Studios on a contracting basis, and I'm doing two of those projects right now where I'm recording two different authors that wrote their own books, and they're recording their audiobook version. One is in um, Toronto, and the other one is in Orlando, or just somewhere outside of Orlando in Florida. So that's been pretty cool learning a lot from all of them. I just finished one more project with a really interesting author whose entire life right now is traveling around the country in an RV. They, they packed up their, their kids, sold everything they had, and have been, for the last, I think, year, have been traveling around in an RV just stopping in different places. So the scheduling was interesting because we had to work around when they were in a specific city where they could find a studio because the RV, I guess, wasn't conducive to, to doing a recording. So she said, okay, I'm going to be in Charlotte this week. We have to record this week. And normally we have more flexibility, but in this case, we had to get it done this one particular week, and we did. And now they're off again somewhere else. Like literally today, they're traveling somewhere else. So I had the, the final files, and once, the, once she signs off on them, we'll submit them to ACX. And then one more I did, 
which is finally out. I've talked about this a couple times on the show, but the Voice Over Achiever book, Brand Your Voice Over Career, Brand Your Life by Celia Siegel is now officially on sale on audiobook form, in audiobook form. So you can get that at Audible, on Amazon, or any place that fine audiobooks are sold. Celia did a great job. We got to chat a little bit about it at View Atlanta last week, and I'm really impressed with the way it came out, if I do say so myself. Well, that's awesome. I mean, you've got an exceptional subject with an exceptional producer. I think you're going to make exceptional product. <laughs> Thank you. We tried. And then you're the welcome. Last well, I'm congratulations working... to you and Celia. I know you both have been very excited about this as it was uh, as you've been working on it together. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And the last thing I have going on is I'm recording a personal audiobook. That's that's not the right word. I didn't write this book. I'm recording a project personally where I'm narrating it. A repeat author that I worked with last year. I'm working on the second book in the Samuel Branch series I completed last year with Eric Dontigny, and I'm pretty excited to be working on that because repeat clients are the best clients because it doesn't take any work. (laughs) You don't have to go out and market yourself. When someone hires you as a repeat job, that's pretty much the the best kind of hire in my opinion. So there's a couple of things I'm working on and happy to just be working at all, honestly. I never take that for granted. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and we'll talk more about it on our, our like recap of VO Atlanta, but definitely just we talked a lot about the importance of gratitude uh, at the event. And I won't like I'll just say it's it's easy to forget when you've been doing this for a while to lose sight of your own progress and to be competitive or comparing and competitive to other people that you aspire to. But don't let that discourage you. It's really important to kind of recognize all the things that you've accomplished in the three or like in the year to eight years in my case that you've been doing this and then and then just challenge yourself to to do more i love Kay Bess had a, a quick or during her keynote she's like you got to set the bar differently every day sometimes you got to be glad you just got out of bed <laughs> so with all that out of the way i just wanted your rv uh story there reminded me there was actually a voiceover talent named karen saltis who actually got a vocal booth installed into her RV and like lived that way for several years. I just, I, I would love that. as someone who used to travel that way, like uh, across the States and in Japan, um, I really miss my mobile rig and having that kind of freedom. Yeah, I'm not sure I could pull it off. I'd probably go insane, honestly. The way I'm pretty OCD about the way I, I leave everything in the booth, like I never touch the mic. It's always in the same spot. Even when the kids come in here and do some work, I, I don't let them move it. I say, you have to just crane your neck, which is not the best for vocal performance. But I did break down <laughs> last week because my daughter was doing an X session for the Atlanta, partially thanks to you, Sean, because you were kind enough to donate one of your credits, a partial credit for her to sign up. She took Darcy Smith's vocal combat course right here in the booth and i did let her move the mic for that i said move that wherever you need because you're going to have to uh you're going to have to be on mic to, to make this happen and then maybe even off mic for some of the screaming they were doing and of course i told her about the little switches back here as we talked about the mk8 has these pads that you can engage and it's one kind of detriment to the mic that i didn't really realize the pads are on the back so you can't really see them you kind of have to just sort of grab at them or remember where they are so I told my daughter, if, if they tell you you need to scream and, and you're blowing out the mic, turn this, put this pad on, turn this switch. And of course she forgot and they told her that she was yelling too loud. <laughs> it's all right, but it happened. And, the, and honestly, um, I mean, heck, I, I did it when I did my own review. Like I had to redo some takes because like, oh crap, the high pass filter was on and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So those, those kind of like, obviously multi-pattern mics are not essential for voiceover. But if you're going to use one, make sure that you've done all the adjustments before you hit record. Because very like unless 
it's a specific model, like most of them will make an audible click oh, that yeah. will be like that we heard. And so you don't want you definitely don't want to make changes on the fly, if, especially if you're speaking. I know there are some models uh, that do have like a silent one, but um, but again, just make sure and just don't do it on the fly while you're talking. I was just going to say I was happy to give you that credit because I mean, it was a cool way to give back, man. You've been working really hard for the conference and I thought you deserved it. I appreciate it. Thank you. I was able to pass it on, pay it forward to someone in the family. Pay it forward. So nice. So that pretty much wraps up VO Meter reference levels. We'll get to our interview with Julie Wilson and Dan Zitt right after these words from our sponsors including one from Studio Bricks. Studio Bricks designs and creates the highest performing portable sound isolation booths. Their professionally perfected acoustics enhance your performance and takes your recordings to their maximum quality from your home studio. Forget about managing noise conflicts with your neighbors and family. Pursue your passion for voiceover on your own time and on your own terms. Walgreens, because it's flu season, and you live in a place with doorknobs and handrails and, you know, people. We tried booking a vacation rental on one of those other websites. They don't always tell you everything. The stars take it to the red carpet. We are back live from the red carpet. California leads the way for change in America, and so does Kamala Harris. Rated M for Mature. Claire Redfield. And who exactly are you? So, yeah, what hashtag should I use to describe a grown man in a tuxedo wrestling a goat? Prior to 1933, many of them belonged to a variety of political parties that were now outlawed in Germany. This is the story of how Q got curly. Quinn was crazy about curls. Curly fries, curly straws, curly-haired dogs. Hey, Jay Michael here. Thanks for listening to the VO Meter podcast. It's one of my favorites. If you're looking for a great demo like the ones you just heard, check out jmcdemos.com for more information. How many times has this happened to you? You're listening to the radio when this commercial comes on. Not unlike this one. And this guy starts talking. Not unlike myself. Or maybe it's a woman that starts talking. Not unlike myself. And you think to yourself, geez, I could do that. Well, mister, well, missy, you just got one step closer to realizing your dream as a voiceover artist. Because now there's Global Voice Acting Academy. All the tools and straight-from-the-hip, honest information you need to get on a fast track to doing this commercial yourself. Well, not this one exactly. Classes, private coaching, webinars, home studio setup, marketing and branding help, members-only benefits like workouts, rate and negotiation advice, practice scripts, and more. All without the kind of hype you're listening to right now. Go ahead, take our jobs from us. We dare you. Speak for yourself, buddy. I like what I do. And you will, too, when you're learning your craft at Global Voice Acting Academy. Find us at globalvoiceacademy.com. Because you like to have fun. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the VO Meter. We're now joined by Dan Zitt and Julie Wilson. Dan Zitt is Senior Vice President of Contact Production, Content Production for Penguin Random House Audio U.S., and has spent his entire 25-year career in the audiobook industry. Dan has been the creative catalyst for over 2,000 audio productions, collaborating with best-selling authors, notable celebrities, and award-winning narrators. 20 of his recordings have been nominated for Grammy Awards, with former President Bill Clinton's autobiography, My Life, Carrie Fisher's The Princess Diarist, and Michelle Obama's memoir, Becoming, all winning the award for Best Spoken Word Album. He is also the creator of AhabTalent.com, a global online casting platform for voiceover, and currently leads a bi-coastal production team that produces more than 1,800 audiobooks a year. Julie Wilson is a senior manager of digital production platforms and an award-winning executive producer at Penguin Random House Audio. 
She started her career at Random House in 2007 and has produced over a thousand audiobooks for adults and kids, including several graphic novel adaptations. Her recent production credits include working with Alicia Keys, Ben Folds, Priyanka Chopra Jonas, Ruth Reichel, Willie Nelson, and The Tiny Chef. She is also the co-creator of AhabTalent.com, a global online casting platform for voiceover. She's a native New Yorker and an avid urban gardener, and she holds a Bachelor of Arts in English and Creative Writing from Colby College. Ladies and gentlemen, please join us in welcoming Dan Zitt and Julie Wilson. Welcome, guys. Hey. Hey, guys. Thanks for having us. Our pleasure. Great to have you here. I've been excited about Ahab for a while and hope to learn a little bit more about it from the people who know the most. So... First of all, you've both been deeply involved in the audiobooks industry, as we've discussed in your bios, Dan for 25 years, Julie for nearly 15. Tell us how you gravitated to that, especially in the early part of the industry. Huh. Well, you know, uh, the industry wasn't much of a, an, an industry 25 years ago. I think I started uh, out at Penguin Audio um, as an intern, and it was kind of interesting because I, wanted, I was a writer. I was still in college. I was 19 years old, and I wanted to be an editor um and right on the side and during the summer they kind of threw me into the audiobook division and i was kind of like audiobooks like why would you put me there and they said well because on your resume it said that you dj'd on the weekends and i was like well i'm not djing hemingway i don't know why you would put me <laughs> i don't know why you would put me in audiobooks but i immediately kind of fell in love with the format right like it was it was this hybrid between books and films um and it was a really kind of just, it, it kind of fell right into my wheelhouse. Um, and then my, my career just kind of evolved from there. I, I started producing books at Penguin, eventually moved over to Random House, and then started working much more closely with Penguin Random House when we merged companies. So that's kind of, kind of my story. So I also started way back in my day, and um, I started as a junior in college as an intern to actually Dan, and um, I would basically alternate weeks between Dan's team, the producers, and the marketing uh, team, and uh, post-college, I was invited uh, to be the assistant to our still current publisher, Amanda Ducerno, and went on a whole journey from there, um, from being an assistant, to being a production coordinator, to being a producer, to being... I always say that like I was always recreating things along the way. So similarly to Dan, which is one of the reasons why I think we get along so well, I would always see, see things that could be more efficient or could be changed. And I'd go run into Dan's office all the time and be like, hey, we need to fix this or this is broken or I have an idea about how we could change this, which eventually evolved me into new roles that had to do with um, strategy and creativity for our team. And one of our big enterprises there was Ahab. So, you know, I think I've been really lucky along the way to always have Dan coming up with big, brilliant ideas and then pulling me into his office and saying, I need you for this. I need your brain. <laughs> so that, that's the origin story. If you guys want more of a, a background on the actual platform, you know, it, it started basically because we were trying to figure out how to cast a wider net for actors. I mean, our list was growing, you know, as our company uh, grew in the audiobook decision specifically. I mean, we started out doing, you know, when I started at Penguin, they were probably doing uh, at Random House, maybe doing 300 books a year. And now we're doing over 1700. So slowly but surely, as the leader of the production department, I had to start to figure out ways to cast a wider net. And we created a database uh, that was really kind of more of an internet site where actors could upload a profile and we could kind of um, look at all that information and search 
and use the search engine we built um, to find and pinpoint talent for specific projects and then reach out to them on the platform. And then eventually, uh, when Julie came onto it, it started to evolve further. We wanted to build an audition platform. We wanted to find ways to serve our authors by casting the widest net possible. And then it evolved to where it is today. Wonderful. So what were some of your early successes and challenges with the platform? <laughs> well, early success, uh, early challenges are always an issue. I mean, let's start with just the fact that we're a book publisher. We're not Google. So developing a website uh, is kind of outside of our wheelhouse. We certainly have websites we've developed internally. Um, I don't know that we've ever developed something this complex. So it was kind of outside of the company's wheelhouse. And we really wanted to, um, we brought in an outside developer and just learning development, you know, in audiobook production, which is, you know, our bread and butter uh, for Julie and I. You know, when you produce an audiobook, you record it, you refine it, you sound design it, and then maybe you tweak, you nip and tuck here and there, and then it's out in the market, and you hopefully never hear about it again outside of, you know, all the great promotion and, and the re reviews you get. With a website, it's just always evolving. Like, it never stops. So every time you launch a new version of it, uh, you're already thinking about the next version, and you're looking, about, you're looking at what's out in the marketplace, so it's challenging. It's 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 been running a startup within a publisher, um, and I think you know we're so lucky to work for a company that really allows us to be entrepreneurial um, in everything we do. You know, when I walked into Amanda DiCerno's office and said, "Hey, I want to build a website um, so we can find actors," you know, it was she didn't even ask a second question. And then when I wanted to invest money into this site, you know, she was like, "Go forward. This is a great idea. Let's do it." And you know, they've been really supportive. So the challenges are that we are not traditionally uh, a developer. But, you know, I would say, Jules, like the rewards that we've had since we built it are just the fact that, like, we've discovered hundreds of actors we never would have found from all over the world if we hadn't built the site. So I think, you know, that and just the idea that, like, as our list grows and the background of all of our authors grow, you know, like we're going to have to find the right voice, not just the most convenient. And I think that's really been a great reward for us. And I think just jumping off of what Dan just said, one thing that's so amazing about our team, we always call ourselves a big eccentric family, but what comes along with that is a lot of trust. So what he was talking about with Amanda, giving us this long leash to go on this grand adventure that ultimately amounted to something that has changed the audiobook industry you know, I don't, we couldn't have done that without her trust in us. And, you know, I've known Amanda now and Dan for almost 15 years. And I think that also speaks to the audiobook industry as a whole. Um, we're just this great big community and I'm, I'm missing seeing everyone in person these days. But yeah, it's, it's completely transforming how we cast books, especially when it comes to, I know Dan always brings up the auditioning process. You know, I used to love auditioning actors but now it's so seamless and easy to do that via the platform that i'm nearly hosting auditions for every single program that i'm casting and what that does too is exposes me to tons of new voices from all over the world that i've never heard of before or for more seasoned actors discovering talents that i didn't know that they had well we talked a lot about how ahab has been beneficial to the audiobook industry but recently You've opened it up to other genres for casting. Tell us about that. You know, we always had it in the back of our mind 
that we would expand into other genres. I think the interesting thing is Dan and I are, are just eternally curious people. And so when it comes to things like technology or for me, video games, I'm such a video game junkie. I love learning about other areas of voiceover. So early on, we brought on actually Scott Cresswell, who's a director for us. And um, he was, I think, the first person outside of Penguin Random House to start casting off of the site for video games. And he was casting for this book called Magic the Gathering. And I forget how many voices he cast. I want to say it was like 50. It was some like crazy number. And he came back to us and genuinely said, guys, this is this is something really cool. And um, so it started, I think, growing the idea in our head that we could expand into other areas of voiceover work. And so, you know, as we also talked to actors, you know, we were talking to Tara Sands and Cassandra, Cassandra Morris um, last, oh my God, a year ago, seems so long ago. But when we were in LA in uh, December of 2019, they, we were talking to these two actors who work across animation and video games and audiobooks and trying to figure out could we expand into these areas? And if so, how would we do it? So I think every step along the way, we've been talking to people and seeking out expertise that we didn't have from actors, from agents, from content creators. And uh, that eventually led to us launching to other voiceover categories. So now we have content creators on the platform for casting for podcasts and internet videos and uh, video games and hopefully many more other um, categories going forward. That's amazing. Congratulations. So for talent who are interested on being on Ahab's site, uh, Ahab profiles are entirely created by the narrator or the voice artist themselves. So what makes a good profile? Uh, well, you know, it's funny. You would ask uh, each of the 16 producers at Penguin Random House and they would probably each give you a different answer. But I think my thought right off the bat is just tell us as much about you as you possibly can. You know, I think, you know, when we built the original platform, the idea was always to have as much data about people. And it's not just simply, you know, where you live and, and what voice samples you have. Sometimes it's things like, what are your interests? Like one of my favorite parts of the site is like general knowledge. So sometimes when I'm casting a book, I could be casting a basketball book and just put basketball into the search to see if there are people who are like, I'm an obsessive basketball fan. You know, and if that voice may match what I'm looking for, I may audition them. But it's something that I think adds another layer um, to a recording when someone knows a little bit more about a topic. Um, but for me, it's like making sure that your samples are up there uh, and it's more than one sample. You know, there's a lot of people that just when they first built a profile and they heard about this, they put their name in, they put one sample in and then didn't realize that they weren't even coming up in search because you need two samples in the platform to actually come up and search. So for me, it's it's just as much information as you can put in there about yourself. Uh, you're going to want to do that because you never know who's looking at your profile and saying, oh, this one detail you spent a year in China is important to me. Um, Jules, what do you think? Yeah, I, I also think it's it's a really cool opportunity for actors, whether they're in audiobooks trying to expand into video games or video game actors trying to expand into audiobooks or et cetera, et cetera, um, for people to really stretch their range. And so, for instance, for me, what I if I'm casting for a graphic novel or a picture book, I actually find it really helpful if actors have animation samples up there or video game samples up there because both video games and animation are short form content when you're recording. So it's recording a line. Okay, redo the line this way. Okay, redo the line this way. Whereas audiobooks are more long form content. 
But if you're casting for graphic novels or picture books, and or like even a full cast book where your role is to record lines of dialogue for this one single character, then it's actually more similar to animation work or video game work. So it's easy to see the crossover potential there. But I also love what Dan was saying about um, using the word search in uh, uh, the search functionality in order to find people that are really well suited for a specific book. And, and are very comfortable with the language of that type of book. For instance, if it's like, if it's a medical book or a math book or a physics book, or even a book about Shakespeare, there there are words that you're gonna know how to pronounce because you have an expertise in that. And I think one of the things that I always love about audiobooks too, is people work on what they're passionate about. Um, you know, I tend to feel like there, there are certain actors and there are certain voices that are very well suited for this long form content. And I think that also comes with like a curiosity to learn more about certain subjects. So I love that we're able to cast so specifically in order to find actors that um, will be excited about the books that we're working on. And just to just to jump in, you know, let's go back to the core ideas here, right? We're talking about audio and like samples specifically. The things that are really important to me when I listen to samples are what is your range? But more than anything, as it relates to audiobooks, can you tell a story? Um, you know, range is important and character voices are important, but at the end of the day, this is an intimate medium. Um, it's one voice in your ear and, you know, if you're wearing headphones and sitting on the train, so you want the person who's reading that book to make it intimate and to be a good storyteller, you know, reading audiobooks isn't reading commercials or anything else. Uh, it's a completely different form of voiceover. Those are great points, especially about having a robust profile, because I think that's something a lot of voice actors take for granted. Actually, I know they do. People think no one cares if I know how to knit or if I have a, an Australian sheepdog, but those things could come into an impact in an audiobook where there's such a long form of, of content and it could be relevant in some cases. So true. I also wish I had an Australian sheepdog, so maybe that's <laughs> in my future somewhere. <laughs> I, put the, I put the idea in your head now. <laughs> yes. So we talked about what makes a good profile. What makes? What are some things that someone should not put in their profile? Uh, it's probably the standard things like politics or religion, but in general, are there are there any things that you've seen where you said, "Oh no, no, you got to get that out of there." Something that always I don't know if it's like it's bad to put in your profile, but just be aware of whatever photo you're putting on your profile because you know if it's something really wacky, it might rub people the wrong way. Um, you know, I think it's it's great for everyone to have profile photos. It, it's a way for us to connect to you as a person. And as, as a producer, I always put, I have a profile on my account too, just so we can feel a little bit more connected because we are connecting via a virtual platform. But I, I think the biggest uh, faux pas I've seen is people just not filling out their profile enough. So I just can't get enough information about you. For instance, especially when it comes to audiobooks, I'm casting for a very specific genre whenever I'm casting for a book. So if I'm casting for nonfiction and you only have fiction clips up, that's actually really hard for me to pitch you to an author because they're going to want a first person perspective, likely, and that is that is told in a certain style that doesn't have character voices and all that. So if you do have audiobook clips up there, just make sure you have them across a wide range of genres if you're able to work in those genres. First, or if you want to double down on a specific type of genre, then just throw it all into one bucket. But know that it will be hard for me to pitch you if you don't demonstrate your own abilities. Yeah, I, I would also say I think someone mentioned politics and, you know, we live in a really divisive culture right now. Um, I think it's probably a safe bet to, 
you know, we're trying to get work and I don't really care what your political leanings are, but you, you know, your profile shouldn't be a commercial for your political leanings in my, in my opinion. Um, same, I agree with Julie completely. Like if you put something kooky as a photo sometimes, and I'm not talking about just kind of a cartoon version of yourself. I'm saying some people just put like a picture of their cat up and it's like, I'd rather you not post a photo than do that. Um, but you know, when it comes down to things you don't want to put up there, the number one thing is to put a sample up that isn't really all that great. And I think it's really important for actors. you know, Julie mentioned this in a, another talk we were having, it's really important for actors to, to let other actors or let objective people listen to their samples before they, they surface them. Because the people that are on our site um, right now, even though we've opened it up, are still being curated by uh, Julie and I. You know, like right now, it's all the producers from Penguin Random House Audio in the U.S. and worldwide. But then, you know, the companies that are coming in and applying to use Ahab, you know, they go through a vetting process and they're legit companies and we want to keep the platform above board with people who are actually creating content, not just in there to kind of like fish around and see what's going on. Um, so make sure that the samples you're putting up are actually solid samples. They've been, you know, you've thought about them. You didn't just post them. You actually did the work and also just put up samples that you think um, really show your talent, not things that are, um, you know, I use the example all the time. People post samples that, you know, think, oh, I've been in the commercial world for a long time. I'm going to go right into audio. And the first thing they post is someone going, she walked in with a knife and started stabbing me. Chapter <laughs> one, the my death. And you're like, that is like tone death completely. Like, think about what you're posting. And when you're floating from genre to genre of voiceover, like what you're actually posting on the site. Oh, man. Amazing advice. Straight from the source. That's awesome. So... Assuming that you've done everything right and nothing wrong regarding your profile, how can voice talent leverage Ahab to grow their careers? So I, I think the really exciting thing is with us inviting on content creators from outside of Penguin Random House. Well, I guess, first of all, it, I think it was initially exciting for actors, especially in the voiceover, in the audiobook industry, that they now had access to Penguin Random House audio content creators, producers from all over the world, not just the U.S., from the U.K., to Canada, to Australia, to Spain, to Brazil, et cetera, et cetera. So there was never a way before to really connect with us and showcase your talent, whether or not that's your profile or auditioning for us. But beyond that, now that other people are auditioning via the site and casting via the site, via search, via looking at uh, profiles, it really is a better way for us to get to know you as an actor versus the emails that we often get from actors um, just saying, hey, like I have a hole in my schedule, you know, from time to time, that's fine. But it really, if you're, especially if you're new to me, it really doesn't give me any sense of who you are as an actor. Whereas um, on Ahab, as soon as I go to your profile, I know exactly where to look for your general knowledge, what accents you can do, what age ranges you can perform, have you worked across other areas of voiceover work, et cetera. So I hope it's a launching off point for people to get hired from people outside of Penguin Random House to get visibility into Penguin Random House and beyond. Yeah, and I think the cool thing, and we were talking about this a couple of days ago, like now opening it up for other people to go in and, and search for talent is like, I'm really interested to watch people cross genres. Um, I really do think that in our community, the storytellers in our community and the audiobook community would cross over so well. And Jules, you and I are gamers. Like, I, I can't tell you how many times I listen to you know, narrative content within video games and go, wow, 
if they had just hired Scott Brick for this or Dion Graham, it would be so much better. So I think there is going to be, a, as we bring more content creators in, uh, you know, the exposure of narrators and, and actors in the platform will only grow. Um, and, and I'll say it again. I say, like, one of the best ways to kind of promote yourself in the platform is, like, audition when you see auditions up. Auditioning is working. Uh, it's my mantra this month. I've been saying it all, like, in every conversation I've had about it, I have, like, if you're an actor, if you're auditioning, you're working. And if you don't get the first gig, you don't know what a producer is going to do with that audition. They may kind of keep it in their back pocket or keep your profile in their back pocket for another book they might be working on later. So make sure you're, you're active in this community uh, on the platform. It's all great advice once again. So we've talked about all the great things Ahab has to offer, but we're going to put you on the spot a little bit. As our listeners know, there are a lot of casting sites out there. It seems like more every day. Why should a casting agent or production company use Ahab instead of one of the other myriad ones that are already available? Well, let's just start with the fact that it's free. Uh, I think that's a big selling point to a lot of people. I think a, one of the things that we realized when we were building the site, and, and Julie can talk certainly a little bit more about how we built this site. You know, we built this, we're coming from a, a place of casting. Like we are caster, we, we're casting books all the time. Our team is casting books all the time. We work with agents. We work with actors directly. Uh, we work with SAG-AFTRA. And when we were building this site, we really brought the entire community of voiceover into uh, how we thought about building it. And, you know, the first thing is it's free. Like we don't want actors money. And it's it's one of those situations where one of the things we realize when we talk to a lot of actors is like, oh, I'm on this site, but they take 13 percent of everything I do. Or, you know, actors are hustling, man. And these actors, like they're friends of ours. We know them. We know what a struggle it can be to be an actor uh, in the US. And especially if you're getting started, like some people are hanging drywall and waiting tables while they're doing auditions, right? So like when they finally do nail a gig, you know, some third party site is gonna take 13% of their earnings. Like, I just think that's unfair. And you know, the people that should be paying for those fees are the people on, that have the money, the people actually making casting decisions. So let's just start with that. You know, we're opening up this kind of process of casting and allowing people to use the tool. And we're not asking for anything else, right? So I think it starts there. I think it also is just this idea that like a lot of these other sites are built by engineers um, and they've never casted a book before. So in terms of just process, I think the idea of how our site is structured in um, auditioning is a little bit different than a lot of the other uh, platforms. And I think as we continue to build it, we're going to build it with our community in mind. We're not building it uh, only thinking about, you know, how we're going to profit for it, because quite honestly, we've already we're earning on this every day when we're finding the right talent to help our authors. Right. So, you know, we're coming at this from a completely different place than I think a lot of these casting websites are. And as we continue to build this site out, and again, we're not a we're not a developer, but it's going to take time. But every step of the way, Julie and I are going to continue to kind of engage with the community. And I think that's that's a big thing, because, like I said, we have to actually see these people on a daily basis and now virtually. So they're friends of ours. And I think, you know, we want to build something that the entire industry is proud of, not just what our corporate CEO is proud of. You know, and, and the origin of, of Ahab is is to find, to create a tool that was useful for us internally. So 
you know, we always have high ambitions for everything. And, you know, Dan always reminds me, you know, we're already a success within our company. You know, our CEOs talking about us in meetings or publishers talking about the platform at meetings. So it's Ahab is already a success for us because it has streamlined our workflow and made things so much more efficient for us. It's been great to to revolutionize our workflow. And also at the same time, you know, we're bringing new people into the audiobook industry that have never touched this space before. And we're able to bring them in on the books that we're working for, which have the reputation of being some of the best in the industry. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with everything Dan I mean, said. Our, our reputation is at stake as we build this site. Um, and we knew that from the beginning. And that's why we've been really careful about how we built every part of it. You know, I think the other part of this, which we haven't really touched on, is the fact that, you know, we're bringing back, we're kind of going retro here. You know, like auditioning was a big deal 25 years ago. Like not many people audition for audiobooks anymore. Um, and as I said earlier, I think it's really important to audition. I think it's important to surface new talent all the time, surface diverse talent every single time you're casting something. And I think this site actually really allows you um, to do that. But also, you know, we really, as I said, we build this with community. And part of that is educating. It's not just building the site, getting your money and then walking away. It's let's, let's engage with our community. So Julie and I once a month host an event. We host the Ahab Breakdown, which is just, we bring experts from all around our industry and now hopefully from other industries in to talk about the voiceover industry and the do's and don'ts and tips and tricks. And that's, you know, it's part of what we want this to be. Like next month, we're having an event just to talk about uh, self-care and vocal health, especially during the time of COVID. And we're bringing a doctor on to talk about those things because mm -hmm. it's important to the community of actors. Like we're an audiobook company and we don't exist without actors. Like actors are the lifeblood along with our authors of what our product is day to day. So, you know, we want to support the acting community. We're very big into, um, you know, working with SAG-AFTRA and, and every member of our community, and we want to continue to do that. And I think that really does separate, uh, set us apart from, from other sites. Excellent, excellent response. I love how transparent you guys are about the benefits to your own business, but still it's very talent-centric, which is what I feel a lot of other sites aren't. I mean, we're very much commoditized, and we're not as valued as much as who they view to be their true client, the caster, who they will move heaven and earth for, apparently. So it's very, very refreshing to hear that. Yeah, I mean, look, it's like I said, I think actors... Um, and maybe it's just because we've been in this biz a long time, but our community is a little smaller and I would say a little tighter than most of the entertainment industry. And we want to bring that feel to this site in every turn and every iteration of it. It's I agree with you. I think in some ways the, the acting community gets a raw deal on a lot of these websites, whether it's the way the fees are structured or the way that they kind of seemingly appear to be disposable to some of these other sites. Um, and behind all of this, like, as we always say, and what I say to my producers is like, there's a people part of this too. And, you know, we, we belong in a community and we should help serve every aspect of that community, not just, um, the people making casting decisions. Well, speaking of iterations of Ahab, what's in store for the future of it? Jules? What's been really exciting for us is that it's involved casting all over the world for a long time now, over a year or so, we've had our international colleagues on the platform. But with the invitation this 
quarter of agents into the platform, of content creators into the platform. We are we're hoping to expand the content that's being offered via auditions, via offers on the platform. Um, we're giving actors and and their agents, if they are represented, a place for them to track all of the offers they've received in the past, all of the submissions that they've received in the past. And it's so funny. I always come back to this point because when we were building out the platform, we were always building it with actors and content creators and agents in mind, but I didn't realize how much we were giving them. And so I, d I don't know how you guys feel as actors and how you keep track of your work, but once I started seeing all of these features come together, I realized that we were really giving actors a place to chart who they who they've interacted with, what their past auditions for, were, and how they've progressed as actors as well. Um, so, you know, you're able to look back at an audition you did a year ago, and especially if you're a new actor, you can listen to one that you've done today and say, oh, wow, maybe I, I learned a lot since then, or um, maybe this is a new area where I want to grow into. And I continue to see that throughout many actors' careers, even if they've been seasoned. Um, you know, a lot of actors, even after they've recorded their 150th audiobook, they're continuing to grow as an actor. So, you know, it, it'll. I think it'll be interesting for them to 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 see their talents grow just from a personal perspective via their account. When we look into the future and we, we realized this pretty early on with our site it was like, you know, we could plan five years out for what the site's going to look like right now. And I can guarantee you that would change a hundred times before we actually got five years out. And that's what's what, the beauty of this kind of process and the way that Julia and I are approaching it is, you know, we released this iteration of the site. And we literally almost immediately start soliciting feedback from everybody that's in the industry to find out what's working and what's not, and then start to say, well, maybe there's a place for this. Let's figure out a way to do that. And then we can kind of build that into our plan. I mean, we don't have an unlimited budget. Um, so we're trying to, in every iteration, just kind of like add features that we know people are going to use. Like practical tools are important to us. You know, expanding educational resources are important to us. So building a practical tool that not only actors can kind of rely on and feel good about, but agents can kind of say, hey, my talent feels good in this platform. I'm now feeling good in this platform. I may be able to share auditions with people um, on my roster, you know, and also just producers being able to find people that they want. You know, we don't want to kind of like pigeonhole ourselves into like, this is the five-year plan. The plan is let's re let's release this, let's like solicit feedback, and then let's see where we need to take the next step. And that, that just goes alongside with like everything we're built on, which is inclusivity um, and trying to, trying to make the site work for everybody. And yeah, and the great thing about that is it's not just us saying this is where Ahab's going. And that's never been the way of Ahab. Um, I always say I can only think within the confines of my own brain or, you know, Dan and me when, whenever we're mind melding. But the site has grown because of all the feedback we've gotten from actors, agents, and content creators. And we're going to continue to solicit that. We hope people continue to write into our customer service inbox or come to our Ahab breakdowns and ask us questions or give us feedback and positive and negative. You know, we we love positive because we love hearing what we're doing right, but also negative is what helps us um, reconstruct the site and grow the site into interesting ways that we haven't even thought of before yet. 
And and certainly as the site grows, you know, look, we want to find ways to support it and, and things like monetization are always kind of brought up. But the one thing I will always say, and, and it's something I stand by, I've stood by since day one, you know, we would never charge anyone for just being on the site uh, as far as an actor. Like if we ever want to monetize the site in any way, it's like we want to make sure that this is like something that actors will benefit from. You know, that's always been the approach. Like I want to, if you want to, you know, like if there's a way for actors to benefit from it, but we need to, some financial support to, to get that moving, we're going to figure out ways to do that. Um, but right now, our focus on the next few years is really to just make the site work for everybody. And and that's, that's, that's our plan. Well, let's say to recap, the site is run by people with loads of experience. It's ethically done. It's free, and you're doing it with the acting community's best interest in mind. I think I'm sold. <laughs> but full disclosure, I've had a profile on the platform for several years, but I'm even more happy about it as we as we go forward. Hope you continue to feel that way. Like I remember when um, when the site was first built, you know, there were a bunch of hinky things that needed to be um, worked out, and so I, I just hope every year people say like, "Oh, this is better. It's getting even better." That that is definitely one of my goals. Well, also, look, Jules, if you remember, I remember we traveled. We like we spent a lot of time in L.A. and New York talking to agents and people like that about like site. And when I tell you, and even SAG-AFTRA and places like that, where we'd walk in and be like, hey, so we're going to build this thing and we want to talk to you about it. And when I tell you, like, it was almost like the eye roll, you could like people's heads <laughs> almost rolled off their bodies because they were like, oh, here we go. Another website being built for, you know, people to profit tremendously off of our acting community. And, you know, once we actually started explaining to people what we were trying to do and, and what we were trying to build, I think people... You know, you want people to feel like they're part of the process and and they are, um, you know, we take every bit of feedback and Jules and I, you, you'll ne you can never imagine the amount of times Jules will email me or text me at like 1130 and be like, you know, we got to tweak this feature now. Like, it's just a thing that actors <laughs> This is my really exciting Saturday night these days. <laughs> yeah. But this was happening even before COVID. Like we'd be like, I'd be out for a drink and I'd get a text from Jules going, you know, like I'm getting a lot of feedback on this feature. It's like, all right, let's put it in the notes. Let's bring it to the developer and talk about it. Like it's, it's never like, you know, we've just decided like, this is the way it's going to be. And that's that, you know, we really are an open book. And, and I think part of the, the great benefit of us not being developers is that, you know, we can kind of turn this whole thing on its head and, 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 and learn from other people's mistakes uh, on, on casting websites. And we do a lot of that every single day. Well, that just shows your passion. Sean and I actually do the exact same thing about this podcast. We'll be texting each other often late at night and thinking, hey, who we should have on next? Yeah, let's do that. But it just shows your passion about what you do, which is great. That's great. So if people don't know about Ahab, how can they find out more and or sign up? Yeah, so they can just head on over to ahabtalent.com. And if you're an agent, content creator, or actor, you can sign up. For content creators, what's great is that Dan and I are vetting every single content creator who gets into the site. So again, we want to make sure that the content that is on this site maintains a very high caliber. So we are personally vetting every single application to become a content creator on the site. So that's, that's the only difference with a content creator um, account. They'll have to fill out some information about past projects and who they are and how long they've been in the industry. And then Dan and I will look over those applications every single week and invite people in or maybe wait, a, let a few um, wait if like we feel like they need more experience. 
And then also, you know, once you get in, sign up for our newsletter so you can get um, keep informed about the Ahab breakdowns that we do every single month. You can watch um, old episodes of the breakdown on YouTube. That's Ahab Talent. But for any upcoming new live episodes, you'll want to join that newsletter so you can get that little notification to say sign up. It's free. And we'll see you guys next week. Fantastic. Well, Dan, Julie, thank you both so much for being on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thank you so much. And look forward to more great things to come from Ahab. Yeah, we hope so. We're going to keep working on it. And we just want as much feedback as we can possibly get from the community. So we are not hard to find on social. So ping us anytime you have something to say. Thanks, y'all. As a voice talent, you have to have a website. But what a hassle getting someone to do it for you. And when they finally do, they break or don't look right on mobile devices. They're not built for marketing and SEO. They're expensive. You have limited or no control. And it takes forever to get one built and go live. So what's the best way to get you online in no time? Go to voiceactorwebsites.com. Like our name implies, voiceactorwebsites.com just does websites for voice actors. We believe in creating fast, mobile-friendly, responsive, highly functional designs that are easy to read and easy to use. You have full control. No need to hire someone every time you want to make a change. And our upfront pricing means you know exactly what your costs are ahead of time. You can get your voiceover website going for as little as $700. So if you want your voice actor website without the hassle of complexity and dealing with too many options, go to voiceactorwebsites.com, where your VO website shouldn't be a pain in the you-know-what. Hi, everybody. We are back. Oh, man. That was so nice. That was so fun talking to Dan and Julie. Like, it's it's great to have, like, a free online casting platform that is that thoughtful and, like, really talent-centric. And the fact that they really try to give you guys the tools and the agency to make the most out of the platform. Like, I I'm really happy with it. Yeah, and they're so passionate about it. And I can't believe they've been there for that long. Uh, Dan for 25 years, Julie for nearly 15. And I can't believe it's been even around that long. But I'm glad to see they're taking it in a different direction because as we as we and they talked about, it started out as an audiobooks-only platform. And I think still primarily that's where most of the jobs are. But let's, let's hope that it quickly grows into a multi-genre casting site because it seems like they're doing it the right way. Absolutely. So if you're interested, like I said, it is a free platform and they give you great instructions in the interview on how to optimize your profile for, for potential buyers. So definitely, if it's not an iron you have in the fire, maybe you should consider it. That pretty much wraps up this episode of the VO Meter. Coming up next, we'll have our VO Atlanta wrap-up along with some live audio from the conference. It was a week-long event from, from last Monday through Sunday. And then, of course, we had been interviewing guests and attendees uh, or presenters uh, in the days leading up to that as well. So, um, like I said, Paul was just a madman getting scheduling interviews, co coordinating times, pulling me out of bed. It was all... <laughs> he, he was a real taskmaster, but it sounded... I'm really happy with how all the interviews turned out, and he should be too. Um, so definitely stay tuned for that. We've got some wonderful interviews with the presenters and some of the attendees. And it was just a lot. <laughs> it was a huge event with a lot to learn. So stay tuned for that. But for now, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the VO Meter. To follow along, visit us at www.vometer.com. We'd also love to hear your comments or suggestions for the show. Or if you have a questionable gear purchase, tell us all about it on our Facebook page or on Twitter at the VO Meter. 